back to the Blooming Podcast. I'm so excited to have you. This is the beginning of season three. We needed a fresh new seasonal start because let me tell you, my friends, this is going to be the most valuable information you have ever consumed in your beautiful adult life. I promise you, if I have anything to do with it. And we needed a new season because there's just so many new upgrades and things happening. If you've never listened to me before, if this is your first episode, uh, you found me through TikTok or Instagram or somebody sent you a video or something, uh, welcome to the Blooming Podcast. Um, this is, I've had this podcast for almost four years now. Um, so, so 2020, 21, 22, 23. Oh my gosh. So beautiful bananas. We're in season three. And the reason season three is happening is because again, the beautiful first start. And I want to start it off by giving you guys my story of what's happened to me this year. I have not publicly talked about this. This is private. I've kept it really under wraps. Um, and because I needed to go through it personally in order to really unpack it and then integrate it and understand why everything was happening. And now that I am fully, um, just aware of everything, um, it's, I'm sharing it with you guys, not only because I'm always really transparent and I share with you guys my personal life, I want you to learn from it. And I know if I'm going through this, it's because other women are going through it. So We're going to talk about my journey from masculine to feminine energy. And um, you may not know what that is, or maybe you clicked on this episode because you've been trying to understand or find out like, this is like talked about a lot. Um, If before people were talking about trauma a lot, I feel like masculine feminine energy is being talked about a lot more. And I have understood it now from like beginning to end from like trauma to, to the masculine and feminine. And I want to share with you guys my experience through it what I did to heal or what I did to undo these unhealthy masculine patterns and how my life has completely changed and shifted as a result. Um, This is going to be a bit of a series. So I want you guys to this. I'll tell you my story. Like today you you will have the complete story of like how it happened um, and then how I undid it. But I'm going to explain and then like the process, like the deeper explanations of the concepts of masculine and feminine energies. They're going to be a series in the next couple episodes. So you do not want to miss this. If you're not subscribed and you don't follow to the follow the podcast, follow it immediately. Click right now, get out of it, open your phone, wherever you're listening, or if you're watching this on YouTube, um, definitely follow along here. The episodes are just going to get juicier and juicier and you're really going to be transformed. And just with this content, I know not even having worked with me or having to work with me, this alone is going to completely change your mindset. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your beliefs. It's going to change how you see yourself. It's going to change your confidence level. It's going to change how you feel about men. It's going to hopefully change how you feel about God and your religion and spirituality and just things like that. And um, I am here for it. I hope you are. So grab your cup of coffee if you're driving focus of, um, and if you're home and you're just relaxing and you're just doing your thing, grab some wine, get the popcorn out. This is a good one. Okay. All right. So let's get straight into it. So if, um, I'm going to go back to, I'm literally going to give my beginning of like a, like a quick snapshot, especially if you're not a follower here, I don't want to pour into everything, but I will give you like an overhead view so that way you can kind of understand where, where things are happening. I have my phone here. So if you're watching this on YouTube and, um, you'll see me on my phone, I'm not like literally scrolling through Instagram. I have notes and I don't want to miss anything. So Let's get um let's get into my past and how I got to understanding masculine and feminine. So I grew up, I'm Latina, I'm Mexican American. I come from a family of eight children. My um parents are both from are immigrants coming from Mexico from Jalisco and they came here before I was born. And my parents had seven children together. Um, my mom had one after their divorce, but, um, my father unfortunately struggled from alcoholism and abused my mother for a majority of my childhood. Because of that, he, 
um, abused her. We moved around a lot. He was, oh, we were always sending him to jail. My mom would call the cops. He'd get arrested. We would go to a battered women's shelter. And this happened. I don't even, I can't even tell you how many times it feels like it happened over a dozen times. And we moved all over California, but I don't know how many, cause like my sisters and brothers and I, we've talked about it and we all have like different accounts. And it's interesting, like, right. You can, you can all be from the same family, but have like different childhoods and just different like perspectives on how it looks and how it was. So this happened my entire life until finally, um, my dad would always find us and then bring us back home. And he'd tell my mom, he wasn't going to do it anymore. And he would try to get sober. Um, he was like the leader of our church choir and played the guitar and played the piano and sang. And he was such a wonderful, like, father when he was present and sober in there he was such he was like charismatic and ambitious and big visionary and just like so fun um and uh but when he wasn't he wasn't and it was rough so my parents finally split up in my early early teens i want to say and um and my mom raised seven kids on her own with the help of the government on welfare at food stamps, you know, government assistance, living in the hood um, in Southern California. And so that was my life up until I was 18. And so um, we weren't like, it wasn't like deep, deep, deep destitution poverty, but like we had the ne- basics and the necessities and that was it, if that sometimes, right? So my mom suffered as a result of that. My mom suffered from a lot of uh, PTSD, anxiety, depression. She could not work physically, emotionally, could not. She was home, but she wasn't present right? She was there, but she wasn't focused on us. She couldn't give us the love and nurturing and attunement that we needed. She did the best she could with what she had. I've, um, I've totally like love her and, and, and forgiven her for anything that I initially as a younger woman was mad at her for totally reconciled all that therapy. Thank you, therapy, um, and Jesus. Um, and so, but we grew up, um, working at a very young age, me and all my sisters and and siblings, because my mom couldn't provide that much. And we always saw everybody else, you know, living life with more and we wanted more. And so we started working at like teenagers. Right. And so that, that became that, that started my road onto having a father, um, being fatherless. My dad got deported to Mexico and he lives in Mexico and, um, and still does. And he's remarried and is happy and is good and sober and is doing really well now. Thank God. Um, him and his wife are very happy. He's a professor there. He does teaches English and things like that. So, um, I'm not a professor, but a teacher and, and he has his own business and things like that. So, um, l- like, life was fine, you know, growing up as a, as a young adult, always working and, and became a single, became a young mother at 20 years old, um, with my childhood sweetheart and my high school sweetheart and was with them for seven years until we broke up when I was 23, because I always knew or felt like I needed more. I felt like this was boring. I look back and I think, oh my gosh, because he's such a stable guy. Like now he's such a great dad to my, to my oldest daughter. And he lives in the same house that he bought when he was 18. He, he does very well for himself and he provided us. I moved in with him when I was, he was 20, I was 18 or 19 and literally lives in the same house. It's, It's beautiful. So stable, has the same career, same home. So like, he's just great. But to me, I was used to chaos and drama. So I look back and think, wow, I was like, un- like ungrateful and wanted more. It wasn't that I wanted more. I do realize now I wanted more, but it was very much like this, like, this is boring. So sad. Anyway, I became a single mother for 10 years, really struggled, da- always wanting to date guys, always could never be alone, always with, with a guide at every stage of my life in my twenties. Um, I really used like my beauty and my looks and my youth and my, 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 um, outward expression and my extroversion to, to attract guys. Um, and I remember just like my twenties was just like such a focus on having fun, looking beautiful and trying to survive and try to make enough money to take care of my daughter. And I, I never lived on my own with her, could never afford it. Always had roommates. Um, this was like the early two thousands. Yeah. So I'm 43 now and it's 2023. So, um, it was the early two thousands and, um, I worked for, I had great jobs, but I would always like, they didn't last very long, like three years here, three years there, three years there. Cause I would do good. And then the moment I would make a mistake, I would quit. Cause I would think something 
was wrong with me and that that couldn't be the that couldn't be the career for me if I made a mistake and I'm and I and I'm not good at it. And so I found myself always jumping from career to career to career. And obviously looking I'm sure looking really unstable to like employers and things like that. And um finally like in my early 30s I was like sta- stabilizing more. I remember starting to go to church with my daughter the church that I go to now Water of Life. And um and had a job that I really liked, finally got my own condo with my daughter. We, it was, life was amazing. And then I met my, my, who I was soon to be my husband and, um, met him when I was 32. We got married very quickly and fell in love. It was like this fairy tale thing and got married. And, um, the one thing that I wanted my entire life, the one thing that I always thought as a young girl, right. I, I look back and I think of like the marketing and everything that we're subjected to in America that were, you know, you're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have kids. A man should love you. That is like the definition of success. That was for me. I, I, I think maybe more so because I grew up without the, the model of a really great marriage. I really wanted that so much. This was something I desired and I wanted to be with a man. I wanted to be loved by a man. So my driver through life was like, get a husband. Like when I get a husband, life is will be the most perfect thing in the world. That was my objective. Like, and I think, I mean, can you, can you relate to this? Yeah. This was, this was, I think what most women are, are told, right? Like you're not valuable until a man chooses you. You're not deemed as successful until you're married. And it's, it's, it's not true. Um, biologically, emotionally, it feels very true. It feels very good, but like that doesn't define your worth, right? But we, we have this deep desire for it and it makes so much sense, especially if we didn't have that, that paternal or fatherly love from a man. Um, as a father, you, I believe that we desire it more as women growing up. And so I didn't have that. So when I got married, I was like, life is, 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 this is it. It's going to be amazing. Well, it wasn't. Um, I, I, we were married for almost eight years and what ended up happening was basically my trauma, my, my childhood wounds of alcoholism and abuse were triggered in my marriage. It was like the moment that I put my ring on my finger, I all of a sudden was like, if my husband drinks, I'm going to die. He's going to beat me and I'm going to die. And I sabotage my marriage. Like it, this, I take full responsibility for my part in my marriage. My husband was amazing. He was a provider. He was kind. He was patient. He was such a loving man. And, and even if you listen to the podcast show, if you go back a couple seasons or like a couple years, and if you listen to my, my podcast episode of how I said like trauma ruined my marriage, I think there was a lot of self-awareness and self-responsibility and accountability there, but I want to say that like not as much as, as there is now. I, I know that, um, I attracted a really great man, but my own stuff pushed him away and saw him as the enemy. And, um, in hindsight, it's like, Oh, it's, it sucks so much understanding that and seeing that that's what happened. But, um, I believe God has perfect plan, perfect timing. I don't look at it with regret or, or resentment. It was, or, or just like, um, self shame. I did for a while, but now I totally understand God's timing. So I understand that my, my trauma or my, my past experiences were triggered in my marriage, but not to my husband's. Not, it wasn't his fault. He wasn't trying to be malicious or hurt me. It was just that if he drank, I would get scared. And then I would get very defensive and protective and argumentative and combative. And, and that really strained our marriage. Um, also one of the things that I look back into that, that took a toll on our marriage was my insecurity. I had this deep, deep, deep insecurity with who I was what I look like. I never felt like enough. I never felt confident. I looked it. I was, my ex-husband and I had very successful real estate career, um, big team of agents, co-owned two brokerages. I mean, we were like from like the outside looking in, um, we looked very successful and we were, we were, we had, we had a lot. Um, but, and you, people I'm sure couldn't tell though, that I was internally so insecure, so not confident, so like, thought I was like, I don't think consciously thought I was a piece of crap, but I was very, very insecure. And because of that, I was always in this consumption. Can any of you relate? 
being a woman that feels like you are being judged or being viewed as like you have to be beautiful, you have to be smart, you have to be successful, you have to be skinny, you have to stay looking young, you have to have a nice body, you have to have nice clothes, all these things. And society back then, that was like when social media was Instagram was starting and it was like social media was like becoming a really big thing um, back in like 2012. I mean, it was such a, it was such a big focus, right? Everybody was like seeing everybody living their life out, out online and cars and money and closings and deals and, and the way your home looked, all these things. Right. And I remember like the money that would come in as quick as it came in, I kicked it out. Like I spent it. I was about consumption and my husband was so great. He always strove to take, to take care of us. He always provided, but in hindsight, I look back. I was spending it faster than, I mean, than it came in, I think. And, and I remember always thinking like, oh, we don't have enough. Like we don't have a big enough house and we don't have this and we don't have like the top everything. And I, and I'm just like, it, it never felt like enough because I never felt like enough. Nothing was ever going to make me enough. I had a big God size hole in my heart. Um, and then, um, when, when your worth is viewed and weighed upon material things, you keep on consuming and getting them and nothing is ever it's nothing's ever going to fill that void and everything's ever going to be enough because there's always new things that come out right it's like you're literally we're running on a consumption hamster hamster wheel literally it's this it's this wheel of of consumption of the new amazon stuff the new cars the new iphone the new homes the new vacations the new bags every season there's new things when does it stop right? And if you want to live a beautiful life with your family and provide and protect them and, and raise children to not be externally focused, um, what I was doing was the complete opposite, right? And I could see now in hindsight, again, I did not see this in the in my marriage. And I'm sharing this with you guys because I, I feel for you women, you need to be aware of this. We need to see what part we are playing in putting stress on our partners and stress on ourselves, undue stress, stress that does not need to be had because we don't need all the new gadgets every freaking season. Um, it creates this, this feeling of never being satisfied and always needing more. And that feels, I think as a, as a woman, I think like as a wife, when I look back, oh my gosh, the, 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 the feeling of, of for a husband to think that, I do, I get myself, I give my wife things over and over and over every, every paycheck or every month or every season, every whatever birthday anniversary. And she's never satisfied. She's always like, when is it going to feel like enough? What do you think that does to a man? Like what, what does it do to their ego? What does it do to their heart? What does it do to their self-concept? Um, I don't think men are going to outwardly say that. I don't think men are going to say, Hey, I feel like I'm always giving you stuff and you are never satisfied and you're never happy. Like, when are we going to stop working just to consume? When are we going to build that nest egg? When are we going to have that wonderful safety net of savings and retirement and investments and things? If all the money that comes in just goes out because you always have to look great to your comadres on Instagram and which comadres, for those of you that don't know, it just means like friends, girlfriends. Um, it actually means like the mother, the godmother of your children in Spanish. Um, but I like using that word cause I'm just, this, you know, typical Mexican girl. So, um, it's never enough, right? Like the husband, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine, especially if a man is the, is the sole breadwinner and we are always at target and home goods and Amazon just shopping, shopping, shopping. And the money goes out as soon as it comes in. I can't, I mean, it must feel like an open faucet, just like like the, or a hole in a bucket, I would say it just feels like a hole in a bucket of money coming in and it just going out. I can't imagine feeling that way. Well, I got hit with a big reality check, which is what I'm getting to. So in hindsight, um, I never felt loved enough. I always felt scared in my marriage because of my own stuff. And then I always felt like I didn't have enough of the great looking things because I was always trying to fill a God sized hole in my heart with material things. It's never going to work. It's never meant to be enough. That's why you're always meant to seek God and that ends up being enough. But um, it broke our marriage and we ended up deciding that after therapy and counseling and all the things that this was the best um, case scenario to just split up before one of us cheated or hurt each other. And so we did. And it's and that and for me in, the, in that moment, it felt right. It felt like the right thing to do. I didn't know what I didn't know then. Okay. And so, um, but right before we got divorced or maybe it was during, during the, 
time before we got divorced or split up and separated, I ended up learning about trauma and PTSD. And I read a story in a book of a woman who literally had the same, like literally had the same life that I had in my, in my marriage. She was experiencing um, this fear from her, from her husband because he was drinking and it was triggering this old stuff of her childhood, just like me, just like me with alcohol. And it was becoming the self-fulfilling prophecy because she would antagonize him and then they would get in fights and then she would get fearful and then she'd get mad and say, see, you're just like my dad, you're going to hurt me. And I was like, this is me. Okay. What's the solution? And, and this person was saying, you need therapy. You need to process your trauma. You need to heal from it. There's modalities like EMDR and internal family systems and things like that. And so I knew that, or I believed that the only way that I could heal is I had to get away from my husband, get a divorce and then go to therapy again, huge mistake. I should have never done that. Um, so, but that's what I did. And then, so as soon as I was out of the marriage or separated, I started doing the work. And then I found this other modality, healing modality called Psyche, which I had found actually like five or seven years prior. Actually, it was in 2008. So maybe, yeah, so it was like, yeah, five years prior. And that I had like found and like put on a shelf. I even bought the book and everything and I just put it on the shelf. But then when I started doing the work, I remembered about it. And then I started, I got, I I had so much success from calming my fear of alcohol having more security, more love, forgiveness for my husband, um, forgave my parents for the, for all of the things that I thought that they did to me on purpose. And the relief that I felt blew my mind. I was like, Oh my gosh, so much so that I became a facilitator in the modality. I learned, I got trained in it. Those are the certificates that you see back there. Um, and, um, I have, I had just started my coaching practice and I, I incorporated it into my coaching. And so I did that. I helped people process their past stressful events through this healing modality called psyche. I loved it. I thrived. I went from being so scared, insecure, and, um, not feeling like enough to feeling calm, less anxious, being able to take action before I used to procrastinate. I could never do things well. I, never followed through on my promises to myself. Now, because of this, because of the healing that I had, um, and the therapy, I was like, my life is different. I started my coaching business. I went from making $40,000 a year to 175, got my own place with my daughters. I mean, my life took off. I was doing what I loved coaching, what I always knew I wanted to do since I was literally 12 years old. I went from being insecure to feeling so much more confident, making a lot of money, having all the things that I, um, having safety that I wanted, having confidence in my ability to provide and having a lot of the material things that I, that I always wanted that I could never have. My husband provided a lot of that. I'm not going to like, let's, let me make that clear. He did like Rodeo drive was something we frequented, frequented very often. And, and I had, he gave, he provided me with so many beautiful things. Um, but now that I was single and I was making a lot of money on my own and there wasn't anybody to really keep tabs on me, girl, I went to town and did all the things right. And so I had a business that I loved working with the clients, the women that I was absolutely obsessed with making all the money that I wanted, feeling so confident and safe. And I just felt on top of the world. Like I wanted, I wanted to tell everybody about it. And so, and this is, and this is how my career took off because I was helping people heal so much of their stuff through this modality that helped me. I would, I couldn't be happier. Well, year after year after year, um, I was, it was great. I loved it, but I was definitely like just working my butt off, did not stop working. I mean, I was working 16 hour days when I was home with my, with my girls, I was still working. Like there was no days off for me ever. I would have fun here and there, but like my brain, I was always on work. I was always thinking of the new podcast episode, the new content, the new, whatever, to make more money, the new launch, the new quarter, the new, um, goal, um, the new coaching program that, um, the new coach I was going to hire all these things. And it was just like consumption of learning, 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 hustling, 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 working, 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 money, 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 spending, spending, spending. And my, my house went from like coming in with like a, with like a dining room table and that was it. And our, my children's beds to having just full home of just, just having all the wonderful things that like for a woman, I know for us, our home is like our sanctuary. We really love, having a beautiful home and just having it comfortable and providing a safe space for our children. I think most of you can relate to that. And so I spent a lot of my money 
making my home beautiful, right? Um, and making myself beautiful. And I always say women, women are, um, women make things beautiful and men love looking at beautiful things. And so it's such a great combination, right? We like making ourselves beautiful and men like looking at us. So it's just like a perfect fit, right? Well, we do this with our home and then with all the things we buy to make our, ourselves beautiful. Well, after years and years of doing one-on-one coaching, I finally realized I could create a group coaching program so I could work less and work with more people um, still charge like the same that I was charging per client, but like work with more people at one time and work less. And I was like, amazing, let's do it. So I spent, um, a year really creating my coaching program. Um, now that I had a process cause I had been doing it for three and a half years, I created my program. It was called bloom or it is called bloom. It's still there. And, um, I loved it. I, I, it was great. And so, um, now I was working less hours, but I noticed like, and I was, and I was making good money, but I wasn't making more than I was doing one-on-one work. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And I noticed like, I'm now I only have one coaching call a week versus 20 that I was having when I used to work one-on-one with clients, but I'm, I still work every freaking day. Like, why isn't this changing? I didn't understand why I was still always working and it didn't make sense. And then I was, I was making a lot, but again, the money was as fast as it was coming in, guys, it was going out. So things weren't adding up for me. I thought, okay, I, if I went from a marriage that wasn't, that for me back then, I didn't feel like there was enough going on there and I felt unsafe and all this stuff. And then because of trauma, because of what I thought the relationship should be and what we should have and all these dumb ex- expectations. And now that I'm by myself and I'm, I have all these things, why do I not feel good? Why do I not feel calm? Why do I not feel, why am I still hustling all the time? Did I feel emotionally um, safe and things like that? Totally. Like my ex and I, him and I just became, we're like best friends. Him and I take care of each other very well. We're great co-parenting. We get along really well. And um, so everything was good, but I was like me in my home, I still felt like I was like a chicken with my head cut off and I couldn't understand. And so Finally, with my last launch of last year with my Bloom coaching program, where I, my launches take about two months and I do them every quarter. So four times a year I do them. And then each of them take about two months to really get done from beginning to end. So mind you, I'm like full on working eight months of the year, just in launch mode. And then the rest, and then I'm still delivering my coaching during those 12 months a year. And so I remember thinking, these launches are like draining me. And the last one I had in December, as great as it was and successful as it was, I was like, something's got to give, like there's something off. By this point, I'm already, my, my, uh, spirituality has changed. Like I've gotten deeper with God. I started going to church. I started reading the Bible. Um, I met some really great friends that were pastors, my friend Omar and Amanda, they live in, in Las Vegas. I found them through social media, through, um, he was helping me with my, my, my video setup and we met online and then we, we all became friends and it was such a great relationship because at that point I was going to church and I was on fire for God it brought me even closer because he was a pastor. He is a pastor at the church. We became friends and we would see each other frequently. So it was such a great way to be in community with people. And so I really, um, was focused on God more not so much on dating. I was still wanting, I was like always talking about it. If you guys watch my podcast, if you, if you were to listen to it, any of you that have been listening from the beginning and many of you have, I was always like, I'm going to find my soulmate. I'm going to find my partner. I'm going to find my man. I really, at that point was like, where's my man? I did everything right. Like, where's my husband? I, I have a great career. I make a lot of money. I'm young. I'm pretty. I have a cute house. I have lots of followers. So stupid where's my husband? Like my husband should want me now. Like I did everything right. Right. Where is he? And I thought something's off. Like, okay, well maybe I need to go find him. So I was always like, I'm on dating apps, meeting guys, never working. It was never working. And so, um, if anything, what I noticed that I was doing was I was attracting a lot of men that were, let's say, um, more effeminate. Like I was, because I was such an alpha female, I was attracting more beta men. And I didn't, they, as, as sweet and kind and nice as they were, they weren't, I always felt like there was something lacking. I felt like I was doing a lot and they weren't doing enough. I felt like I was making more money and I would like downplay their success and just like judge them in hindsight. Again, 
so mean, so wrong. They were doing great for themselves. But because I was doing so well, I wanted someone that was doing better. And I was never happy with the men I was dating. They were great. I'm telling you in hindsight, I look back and I was like, oh my gosh. So um, I'm on fire for God. And then my last launch drained me, drained me of 2022. So almost a year ago, I was like this. I cannot do this again. This is not the way to live. I can't do I can't launch every quarter and selling and never have never knowing like how the launches were going to go, how many clients I was going to get long hours of working all day coaching and then and then clarity. It was just so much. And I thought this this isn't this isn't the business. This isn't it. This can't be how life's going to go for the rest of my life. I don't want it. I literally don't want it. This feels so stressful. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee because your girl needs a drink. If you're watching this on video, so sorry, but y'all know it's a lo- it's eleven in the morning. This is what is this my first cup of coffee? I think it's still my first cup of coffee. So, uh, I was like, this this can't be the way life keeps on going. Like, no, I don't want it. If this is it, I'm single. I'm attracting these kind of men. And I again, I was always like, it's the guy's problem. It's not me. I'm not the problem. I'm healed. I'm healing. I'm doing all these things. I'm a coach. I make a lot of money. It's I am not the problem. But I was frustrated. The thing that the thing that got to me the most was that year was at Christmas. Was that I remember thinking, I want to buy myself. I want to buy myself this. I want to buy my girls this stuff. I want to do these things for my business. And it was like as soon as fast as the money came in, the money went out. And I thought, wait, this feels very familiar. Why does this feel familiar? This felt this feels exactly the way I felt in my marriage. Money would come in and they would go out. And I thought, why is this happening? How is this happening? Like, do I, is my money funny? No, I'm making a lot of money. Okay. My money is, do I know, do I know how to manage money? I'm like, yeah, my credit score is great. I'm paying my bills. I can afford whatever I want, but like, why? Like I have a little bit of savings. What, what's going on here? You know? And so I went as far as to like hire a great CPA firm that, that focuses on entrepreneurs that gets them really that gets their business all dialed in, which then, you know, obviously will take care of your personal, like all, your money gets allocated really well. Spent a lot of money doing that, almost 15K to do that, to get all my books done and just everything really cleaned up. And it was great. But then I was like, okay, so this takes care of how I allocate the money in my business. And then I know how to split it up. And then I know how to, much to give me myself. But the money was coming to me on my personal end. And girl, it was going out again as fast as it came in. I'm like, so this is a personal thing. This isn't a business problem. The business was a problem for me, the way that I was conducting my business and the way that I was, um, the hustle in it, the way it was like the launching and the and uh, um, not having a, a way for clients to just find me and automatically come into my business. I always had to do launches and close enrollment and open enrollment. And it was all this stuff. And so that was a problem. So I was going to work on that. And then I was like, but there's, mo- there's money stuff. But I'm like, where's the money going? And w- I, I thought, where's the money going? Where, when am I spending it? And why am I spending it? Because I'm, I'm somebody who, because I've studied human behavior and, and behavioral change for over 20 years, I knew there was something going on if the money was coming in, but I couldn't, and I could pay everything and be good. But the money was, um, it was, it was like, again, it was like, there was a hole in the bucket. And I was like, this isn't right. I was always like, it felt like I was, it was, I was having feast and famine cycles. Like I needed, by the time the next launch happened, money was gone. And I was like, uh-uh. I, I felt like I was living paycheck to paycheck. I'm like, how the how the heck am I living paycheck to paycheck if I am self-employed, if I have the business that I love, doing exactly what I love, working with the people that I love, doing exactly what I always wanted to do, and I'm broke. And by broke, I mean, not that I, my bills weren't paid. So maybe broke isn't the right word. I was not financially safe. I didn't, it didn't feel like, there wasn't like... Um, uh, control there. There wasn't discipline there. There wasn't an allocation of funds where I was like, money's here. It's, I know where it's going. And then like, there was boundaries there. There wasn't any, I had no financial boundaries when it came to myself, to my spending for myself and my friends and family and guys and all the things. So I was like there, my, and Oh, that's, this is the biggest thing. It was that when I, because I study behavior change and I know that our actions always indicate our beliefs. Whatever we're doing, it's because of what we believe to be the truth about this particular thing that we're doing, right? If we're attracting loser guys, there's something going on inside of us 
if we don't have a job that we want, it's because we don't feel worthy of doing it. We're doing something else. So I was like, I'm, if I'm getting money, but I'm not keeping it. It's because I have a belief about money that makes me not be able to keep it. Why aren't I keeping it? Where is it going? And why am I spending it? And when? So I did a full deep dive into myself and I spent the last year just like really understanding. Um, I really believe that money is an indicator of where your heart is. Like, show me what you spend your time, energy, and money on. And I will show you what you prioritize. I will show you what you love. I will show you your master. Okay. Literally. Um, God says it right. Like you, you can only serve one master and money was my master and money is a master for a lot of women because, and whether you want to believe it or not, but I want to, I want to use my story as my testimony to share with you that I think that this is the case for a lot of women because we use money to improve our bodies, our beauty and our brains, because we think these three things are going to get us a man. I'm going to stop there for a minute because I really want that to sink in. We use our body, our beauty, and our brains. We, and we spend money on improving these three things because we think that if we have, if we're smart and successful and have a great career and, we're, and we learn and we're intelligent, if we're beautiful and young and, and our face looks great and our, and our body looks great and we have nice clothes and if we're thin and have boobs and booty and fit and all these things. At least this was my perspective. Okay. This maybe doesn't apply to everybody, but this was how I believed once I dug deep and did all the work and I was looking at everything. I was like, Whoa, I have, I have an addiction and attachment to money and men. And it was, you guys, it was such a hard pill to swallow. It was, this was such a reality check. And here's for me, it was so painful and it was hard to admit and I denied it. I would see it every day, but I was like, it's not a problem. It's fine. It's going to fix itself. The more money I make, it'll, it'll, it'll clean, clean up. No, I was, it wasn't until I had one day at church where I don't even remember. I don't remember what God, what the pastor, what pastor Dan was talking about, but he said something about like your attention or where your heart was for God. And I remember thinking, I spend my time because I spent myself, I was so focused on wanting a man, wanting to be married. I put marriage on a pedestal. Marriage was my idol. A man, getting a man and having and being loved was literally my idol. It was something that I was like, I, when I get that, it's going to, it's going to be amazing. But you guys remember I had that already. I had it and it didn't work. And so I thought, well, he must be the problem. It's the guy that's the problem. Nope. And when you make something your master, when you make something your focus, and when you're focused on this one thing, you will, and you believe that this is the thing that's going to make you happy, all of your, all of your resources will go towards it. And that's what was happening to me. And I had to get really honest with myself and say, I have an attachment to marriage and to men, and I'm using money to get to, because I think that that's, what's going to get me married. I think that's, what's going to get me love. I had, I had, I was in so, so much need of love because now I had, now I had safety. Now I had money. Now I had a job. Now I had a lot of peace. I had like all the things that I was being taken care of, but I wasn't being loved. I was loving everybody else, taking care of my clients, really providing for my baby girls, my three daughters. And I felt great, but who was loving me? And it wasn't until my relationship with God, with Jesus, when I reignited my faith with Jesus and said, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. You died for me. You made me, you made me whole again. You're the one who healed me. I didn't heal me. God, only Jesus can heal you, right? And when I realized that God was the one that did everything in my life to get me to this place, um, when I do believe that when we heal a lot of our past trauma, what this does is it heals. I'll say this. I'll say, let me go back. Um, for me, that day when I realized that God made it so clear to me. He dropped it on my head and I heard the Holy Spirit say, Annabelle, you are, you are your idol. You have not been focusing on me. You've been coming to church. You've been reading the Bible. You're worshiping. You're doing all these things. You're, you're being a disciple of God, but you aren't focused on me. I'm not your number one. You are focused on men. You are focused on marriage. That is your, that's your master. I'm not your master and you can't serve too. Show me where you spend your time, your energy and your money. And that is your idol. And it was such a hard reality, reality check that I got paid with. I was like, you're right. 
I had, I, I was like, if anything, if I felt so much relief, cause I was like, this, that's so true. Like, this is what I've been doing. That's why I don't have money. That's why I'm broke. That's why, um, the money comes in as fast as it comes out because I'm spending my money on my hair, on my Botox, on my clothes, on my car, on my home, on my business, on my learning, because on going to the gym, on my time, like all my time was men looking good, attracting followers, money, income, success, coach, everything. But it was, and again, you guys, this was subconscious. I didn't think that this was going on. My hustle as since a little girl was, has always been, I want to be loved. I just want to be loved. My mom and dad didn't love me the right way. Okay. I need to take care of myself. I'm going to work and I'm going to take care of myself because when we're young, we don't get the love. If we don't get the, the love we need from, from our father, and our mother, our earthly father and mother, and they aren't showing us love, true, beautiful, kind, encouraging, attuning love that they would be giving to us if they were in the word, if they were following God and they were being sourced by God. Now we're being resourced by them and we have that that paternal and maternal love from mom and dad. You, you grow up very secure. And if you don't have that, you believe that you are your own security, that you are your own love. And then you start providing for yourself and you become either very hyper-independent and you become a t- total masculine alpha female or you become codependent. And it's still very masculine. It's still this manipulative, I gotta get what I gotta get. But through, through people-pleasing and through being subservient and just like going with the flow with people and maybe getting it from a man, and letting him provide for you or other people provide for you. Either way, it becomes this either very codependent or hyper-independence instead of being independent because you're interdependent on God, because you're dependent on God, and then you become independent. And I didn't know that until this year, until earlier this year when I was unpacking all of my stuff and God made it so beautifully clear. Annabelle, you've been following me and you've been, you know, you rededicated your life to me, but you haven't been fully focused on me. You've been focused on wanting marriage and a man, and you've been allocating all your resources. And this is why you don't have, this is why you have a void because I, if you just focus on me and let and make me your number one and let me love you and provide for you, I will give you everything you need. I will show you what your purpose is. I will give you the ideas and the wisdom that you need in order to provide for yourself and then a man will come along, but you need, I want you to see that I, you just need me. That's all you need. That's what every person needs, man or female. We need to be so grounded in the foundation of love first, that we're so full with his love and his, his ability to provide for us, his nurturing, his word, his peace, his strength, that we feel so good just being connected to him independently and then we're, we, we are so close to him that we hear his word. We hear the Holy Spirit. We're always being led by it, that we understand our purpose, that we start fulfilling God's will for us, which is our purpose for him. And when you are working, doing, working for purpose instead of working for money, when you work for purpose, you get prosperity from that. And then you be, and then you attract a wonderful man as a result of it. But you have to be foundationally settled in God first. Jesus Christ needs to be your savior first. He's your father. You need a heavenly father when you're here on earth. And, and I understood it and I completely reinvigorated, it reinvigorated my relationship with God. I got closer to him. It, I, I was on fire for him and I understood everything. So I started getting in the word. I started spending time with God and I saw all the connections of how I was dating guys, what, who I was picking, how I was, my picker was off. I always say your picker's off if you choose or attract the wrong guys, but we're, our picker's only off when we don't understand our value. And so I got deep into the word and started really spending time with God every morning, waking up and, and doing that first hours before my babies woke up, spending time with God. And I just got so full of his love and the Holy spirit that I felt safe and alive again and understood that money was not, money is not why we're here. Money is a byproduct of living out God's will for you. And I was, I realized that my, my desire to help people was completely genuine, but it was driven out of fear because I thought that if I didn't make a lot of money, I wouldn't get the man. And then I was going to die alone and, and, and my children weren't going to have like a, another father. I just had all these like 
weird ideas of like what it meant to to not be successful and how it intertwined with attracting a man. I thought I had to be successful and make have a lot of clients and make a lot of money so I can attract the guy. Later, I found out guys don't even care about that. They don't care how much money you make. They don't care what you do. A masculine man, okay? Healthy masculine man that's in the presence of God. And he's living out his purpose. He doesn't care about that. Other men, earthly men that aren't with God, that's all they want. They want a, they want a trophy wife. They want just like an arm piece. They want a woman that makes a lot of money so that they can do less. That is not the man I'm talking about. So I got so clear on it. And... I started my 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 thoughts about and my understandings about coaching changed a lot. My concepts changed a lot. My frameworks, I, I, I felt odd even teaching my old frameworks in Bloom because I wasn't thinking the same way. And I understood that what I was teaching my clients was very like past focused and we were just looking at the past. We were never looking at our purpose and our and our future. It was helping my clients. It helped hundreds and, and they, they're thriving, but I wasn't giving them the new things that we needed. And what I realized that my clients needed it or with combination of doing the work to understand their past was they needed feminine leadership. They needed to learn what a woman was and what she, how she lived in this world not being in our masculine. I, I was started to connect all the dots. I started reading the Bible. I started learning more about women and men and the I wanted to know what what kind of husband does God want for me? What kind of wife does he want me to be? What kind of mother and woman does he want me to be? What kind of a, a businesswoman does he want me to be? And I started understanding that women and men are different. They're equal, but we're different. And we're designed differently because of the way we function. We function differently because of our purposes, because our purposes are very different than for each other. But they complement each other really well. Um, but I, what I realized was that I had been living in a very alpha masculine energy being like a man instead of being like a woman. And that because I was in such alpha masculine energy, I was attracting men that were way more feminine. And I was wondering why they, I didn't feel safe with them. I didn't feel protected by them. I didn't feel loved the way I needed them to one, because I was putting my dependency on man when I should have been putting it on God. Right. So first and foremost, we don't go to men to be loved. That's that's a separate. That's a different thing that you're doing. You go to God to be completely loved. Man and husband is 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 this. This is for your purpose. But this is you have your you. Let me let me put it this way. Your purpose as a woman and as a man is first and foremost to love and worship God. That's why you're here. And when you're not doing that you will feel and you need to be connected to him and be in his presence. And when you're not doing that, you will feel empty and you will feel a void. And you will always think that there's external things are the thing that's going to make it work. Your career, your degrees, your education, your cars, your house, your success, your followers, your body, your beauty, your husband, your kids, your home. And you will always be outside looking for things. And that's, that's earth. That's not the kingdom of God. When you are saved again and when you are saved and you're born again and understand that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you understand that your only purpose is to be with God and love him and worship him and share his love with other people and be an example of, of love, which is what God is. He is love. And because you're so fulfilled, men just become this extra thing, but you're living out your purpose. And so I started learning the differences between men and women and how men were made to protect and provide and procreate and how we were made to help and influence and multiply and um, receive and procreate and just all these lists of things. But we were made in God's image to be creators just like him. And he wanted us to, he wanted us to be fruitful. He wanted us to multiply. He wanted us to um, cultivate and dominate. And that means to that fruitful means to produce. Okay. When we say fruitful, it's not about kids. It's not about having fruit. Being fruitful means to be productive. He wants you to produce things in this world, right? Do something, not being lazy. And so I was understanding the differences, but we do, women do it very differently than men. And we do it differently because we're designed differently. We are emotional feelers and men are logical thinkers. This doesn't mean that women don't think. Of course we think. We have beautiful minds. God gives us knowledge and wisdom and understanding. So we have beautiful, beautiful minds and we think better when we're connected to our Heavenly Father. But but our bodies are and our our remember, humans 
um, are, we're all the human race, but we come in two models, male and female, right? Um, but we're spirits first and foremost that need to connect to God. And then um, we use our bodies, but our bodies, he made us very different because, because we need to complement each other. Men need to be logical thinkers so that they can go out and work and kill the tiger and, and not be scared, right? We don't want them to be emotional like we are. Um, and so they work differently. And women, we are emotional creatures because we're supposed to intuit our child's needs. We're supposed to know when our husband is, isn't feeling good so we can encourage him and make him feel great. So we can make love to him so we can help him, right? Live out his vision. We're, we're supposed to, um, intuit other people so that we can serve and love the world because that's one of our beautiful, um, uh, ways of being is being helpers, right? And we're, our emotions make us who we are. We're, and we, a lot of women, we've been suppressing them or feeling them and being overwhelmed by them too much. Men, men are supposed to be logical thinkers so they can go out and get things done and problem solve. But c- together we complement each other so well. And we've been, tr- we've been getting mad at men because they're logical thinkers and we're trying to change them. And then we get mad at ourselves because we're being emotional feelers and men get, think we're crazy or drama. And then we do this for us to ourselves. And so it's only when we're, when we're changing ourselves and not, and not really understanding our, our function and our design and working against it and denying it and getting mad at it that you suffer. And I was suffering because one, I didn't understand my value. I didn't understand that I was what my purpose was. I wasn't being connected to my father and I was having another master and getting, trying to get love from man instead of my father, my heavenly father, which is that it was a wrong order. Right. And so, um, and then I wasn't being my, I wasn't using my feminine design. I was being in my masculine energy like a man and it was completely messing me up. And so it was only when I started learning more and more and more and connecting all the dots that I was understanding that when we're, when we don't have, because I didn't have, and I'll speak for myself because I didn't have the love for my mother and father growing up the way that I needed them. They did the best they could. I know God was perfect with it all because if I, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here right now to share this and to help others. Yeah. So it happened the way it needed to, but because when we as parents and we as women and men, when we don't love our children and exude love to them the way God gives it to us and we don't share love to our children, we mess them up. I was, I wasn't the whole woman that I should have been. I wasn't this wonderful single woman that was single, um, separate, unique, and whole because I was fractured and codependent and, um, yeah, and too hyper-independent in so many ways. And I wasn't, and I was insecure. I didn't feel like I was, I was great. So I was a complete opposite of the single woman that, that God talks about in the Bible. Um, and that Miles Monroe plays, said, um, explained so well in his book on the power and purpose of women. I'll link it below that book changed my life. Um, and so I, when I started understanding and putting all these things together, I started realizing that when women become really in their masculine energy, whether it's hyper independent or codependent, um, we, we lose, we don't maximize and use, um, master our feminine design and use it to the best of its capability, which is to be that emotional feeler, which is to be the receiver, the helper, the multiplier, the influencer, the procreator, um, which is to be connected to God first and having that as a foundation and men come later, which is to live out your purpose. I didn't understand any of it. And now when I was understanding it, my life completely transformed. I became the soft, loving, nurturing, patient mother that I always wanted to be, that I never had, but always desired to be. I became, I, my work became all about service, not about likes and, and followers and any of that. I didn't care at all about if I didn't have one more follower for the rest of my life, I wouldn't even care. Like I have, I'm that unattached to it. Um, I stopped caring about the money, about material things, about everything. Um, I, I finally became so confident in myself, loved myself so much, took out my extensions and, and, um, just really loved my natural self. Um, you know, I wear, I don't wear makeup like 95% of, of my week. Um, I'm, this is, I do it when I film videos, but for the most part, I'm like very, very chill. Um, and I just became so much more calm and patient and confident, loved. And I felt, I've never felt more, more loved and more safe 
and more fulfilled than I've ever felt in my entire life. I'm 43. I'm a single mother of three. And I just, I mean, I don't desire the external bags and any of that stuff that I used to. If they come, they come. I do not care about them. I could not shop at all and be perfectly fine. Like that's how, I mean, to say that like my, my shop, like I used to think, how am I going to like ever stop shopping? I don't think that could ever happen. Trust me when you, when your God size hole in your heart is filled by God, by the thing that actually matters, you do not care about those things. They actually come as a result of being connected to God. God says, come to me and I will fulfill all the desires of your heart. And it literally is enough and everything else comes as a result. And that's literally what's been happening in my life. My business is blown up. I've changed my, my, the way that I coach. I'm working with the women that excite me even more if that was even possible. I'm attracting the best clients. I, I started a new coaching program that I'll be talking about here on, um, on the podcast. And that is just completely aligned with what I know I was meant to do on this earth. And I've never been happier. I've never been, um, I stopped controlling people. I was like this controlling, impatient, angry. And I didn't even know this about me, guys. I thought I was like, I'm healed. Jesus healed my heart. Like I'm good. No, I wasn't. I was still very hurried and anxious and always thinking about God, uh, about work. Money was still always in my mind. I felt very, very anxious and didn't even know it. It was like this low key survival energy. But once I got completely aligned and what mattered was, was having that foundational God fearing, God revering love, everything changed for me. And I want, I'm sharing this with you because I know for a fact that this is, this is the way you are meant to be and your, your femininity comes out as a result of it. I, it's no coincidence that dozens and hundreds of women have always tell me that once they do the work, once they heal from their past and understand things, God becomes something that they just are drawn to naturally. I really do believe that when you heal your childhood traumas, you heal your daddy wound and you want to go to your heavenly father. It is the most beautiful, beautiful thing. And I, I want you to consider, like, do you have father wounds, um, wounds? Have you been hurt by a man before that makes you feel like you can't come close to God? Have you been hurt in a relationship by your own father, abused by a man? Do you have your own, you know, I hate to say daddy issues because it's such a horrible term, but like, do you have a father wound that needs healing and your heavenly father um, can help you with that? Not only will it heal that wound, but it will create the biggest love of your life and the most security and safety that now pours out into the whole world afterward. I know that um, there's a reason why when you heal from your past or when God heals it, when you get to him, he will heal you from your past stuff. You will, you will be connected to your father and you will be able to really love others other people the way you're supposed to love and women you be, you become you become able to trust men when you trust your father and you put all your you surrender everything to god you are able to trust men because you trust god first um the other missing piece of the puzzle was i realized okay okay i undid all my masculine stuff and i stopped doing all these unhealthy masculine behaviors but what how does a feminine woman act in this world how does she behave what does she do what doesn't she do i knew what i knew what she doesn't do but i'm like what does she do and i had to learn i had to i had to get i had to study and research and i and and pray to god and really read the bible and i was able to see that man the bible has literally has is the instructions for life it's the, it's the manual if you need anything the bible has the answer i kid you not um, and then it'll lead you to the right person like on earth to get you the answer. And I, I realized that now I had my father figure. I needed a mother figure. I needed feminine leadership. I needed to learn what a feminine woman looked like. Everything, I learned it all. And I've been sharing this with my clients and working with my clients and they have just transformed the way I have transformed. And now I, I've been attracting wonderful masculine men into my life that lead, that provide, that protect, that are just amazing um, I feel so confident. I don't, I don't lead with my, my successes and my income and my money and my coaching and my business. I don't even talk about that with men. I'm like, if a man asks me, I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, who cares? That's, that stuff doesn't even matter. Cause I know that my worth is just in who I am and I'm the daughter of a king. That's I'm just Annabelle. Right. Um, and 
it, but we have to learn what actual feminine, feminine design is and what our function is here, what our purpose is and how a woman is supposed to be. And when I learned that, I mean, my whole life has changed. It, I just have your calm. You don't control people. I, I'm not angry. It's just this allowing. I accept people as they are. I don't try to change them. I don't try. To, I'm not judging everybody. I, I was like negative Nelly, and I didn't even realize it. And this work really transforms. And so I share that to say that um, I really feel like I understand, and I hope this helped you understand the masculine and the feminine. And how when we are not right with God, we will we will step into our overfunctioning feminine, uh, masculine, feminine energy, and we will be will be really like we'll be like men. We'll want to provide and protect and do. We stay in this hustle mode, and when we do that, we don't leave room for a man to come in and take care of us. Um, we look at men as the enemy. We'll, we'll be we'll be too hyper masculine, and men masculine men. You guys do not like masculine women. That's like them being attracted to a man. They're not attracted to it. Yeah, you're pretty, and you wear makeup, and you have you, your body's nice. But if you have that masculine um, energy, and to them, it, what it does is it feels very competitive. It feels like they're like competing with you. Men are not attracted to it, and they will they will go somewhere else. And I want to share with you these next podcast episodes are going to be all about mastering your feminine energy, what masculine and feminine energy both are individually, why they're so different, how, what the healthy masculine and feminine energy is, because women, we, we have both. We have what I call leadership and we have femininity. Leadership is the masculine and femininity is, is the, obviously the feminine. Um, it's the receiving and the serving. And they're two different ways that I teach this to my clients and, and my coaching program um, that I'll be talking about soon. And um, and if you want to know about it, you can click in the in the link below um, doing pre-enrollment. The program launches in January. So um, it's called Feminine Freedom. I'm so proud of it. But I'm going to be teaching you what the healthy version of what a healthy masculine man looks like, what a healthy what I call a confident feminine woman looks like, what an unhealthy masculine man look, or an unhealthy man looks like, what an unhealthy female looks like. I call this a scared masculine girl. Um, what the, what, um, and what she does, what a feminine woman does and how she acts, which, how she thinks, what she believes, how she feels and what results a confident feminine woman actually gets in this world and what you get when you're being the scared masculine. I want to, I'm going to break all of it down. Um, stay tuned for episodes that are just going to, I hope blow your mind and give you so much understanding about yourself and them alone are just going to help you heal so much. I know they're going to help you be in your feminine. Um, I hope this helped you. Uh, I hope you learned about yourself. I hope you got to understand yourself better. I, one, I hope you got to know me a little bit better, um, especially if you don't know me at all, or if you've known me, but you, you've seen me change, um, in the past couple months, in the past year for sure. Um, and I've, um, my message has just been so different now coaching and this helped you understand yourself a little bit. Hopefully you, you relate related to it in some capacity, little bits anywhere, but so that you can understand where it took me and what helped and what is going to make life so much better. The masculine woman that's in her masculine energy feels overworked, overwhelmed, and underloved. And the confident feminine woman feels loved, supported, and fulfilled. She feels rested and relaxed, and she does less and receives so much more. And I'm going to share all the concepts of how that happens, how you do it, how to undo the, the masculine, how to be more feminine. I can't wait to share this with you. I hope this helped you. If you stay to the end, you're, you're a gangster. If you want to know more about the Feminine feminine Freedom Program, click below. Um, we are open for pre-enrollment with special pricing and special bonuses right now. The program, um, I'm just giving you guys a really quick little um, details about it. It launches January 4th and, and it goes live and it's for the public. Right now we're in pre-enrollment. And so we're like early bird pre-enrollment right now because after November 21st, um, it's going to go to regular pricing. But um, click below so you can learn a little bit more about it. There will be like a formal sales page in the weeks to come so you can learn and, and under, learn how to get and join the program and work with me. But I hope this was helpful. 
I can't wait to share everything else with you guys. I'm so excited. Um, if you're not subscribing to YouTube, definitely subscribe and join. Um, follow me here. And if this is something, this, if this helped you understand yourself a little bit more, please share this with somebody that you think that it'll help. Um, subscribe below, share the video, um, and um, subscribe to the podcast for sure. If you're not listening to it on Spotify, every, everywhere podcasts are found, I'm there. Okay. So I hope this is helpful and I'll talk to you guys next week. I'll see you then. <laughs>